Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Well, today I start a brand new series called Above All Names, and this is going to lead us into our Christmas worship experience that we will uh, have here uh, during both services on Sunday. December the 21st, Sunday, December the 21st, both our 9.30 and 11 a.m. service. So this series is leading us into that. And I can promise you that before this theme is over, that we will celebrate the name that is above all names, and that name is Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, because that's the gospel, his birth, life, death, and resurrection. But before we do, we've got to go back, and I want us to discover God's name. So today is not going to feel much like a Christmas message at all, but trust me, it's, it's a journey that we're on and we're going to get there, but we need to go back to the Old Testament and we're going to discover God's name. Now, I have some great advice today for all of the young singles in the room. If you're young and you're single, great advice, take notes because this is going to be life-changing. When choosing a potential mate, be mindful of their last name and how their last name relates to your last name. It's very important, very important, because some people have had the misfortune of their wedding announcements being less than desirable. Take, for instance, Shelby Ward and Joe Looney, who got married on July 9th, 2005, and it was referred to as the Looney Ward Wedding. (laughs) Or how about Joel Berger and Elizabeth McDonald? It was the McDonald Berger Wedding. Read about Rachel Hard, married a a man by the name of Daniel Hardy, and it was the Hardy Har wedding. (laughs) And Stephen Trailer married his sweetheart, Maureen Hooker. (laughs) Let's just leave it alone. Let's just leave it alone because it wasn't that nice. Let's, Let's just all be honest. Your name matters in life, right? Your name, if you could change your name, would you do it? Raise your hand if you would change your name. Only, only like three of us in the room. You should try being named Rocky your entire life. Even this week, people, now is that your real name? Yes, it's my real name, and I was out before the movie, okay? But, but if I could change my name, I would. And, and this whole thought about names, it leads me to a dilemma that now we are facing in our church office. We've got a name issue happening because now we have two Joshes. We have Josh Bryant... Josh Williams. Josh Bryan is our family ministries director. As we just told you and prayed over him, Josh Williams is our new youth pastor here. And so we have two Joshes, and and this can become very confusing. So there's been a lot of talk in the office about how do we correct this? How are we going to fix this? Does Josh Bryant get to lay claim to the name since he has seniority? Does he get to use the name Josh? Or... Do they take turns? One gets to use the name Josh one week, and the next week the other one gets to use the name Josh. Uh, Do we call Josh Williams J-Dub? And Josh Bryant Chili Bry? (laughs) These decisions may not seem that important to you, but, but this is crucial for us. Because what you call someone can determine how serious people take them. Which leads me to the question, 
What is God's name? In your opinion, what is God's name? Have you ever thought about it? What do you call him? When you call him by name, how do you call him? You can call him God and that he is. But Muslims also call Allah God. You can call him Lord and many people make him Lord of their life. But the title of Lord has been assigned to many royal aristocrats through the years. I even found a website this week that would allow me the right to be called, get this, Lord Rocky McKinley for a mere $195. Thinking about doing it, just letting you know. Because that is completely awesome. He is God. He is Lord. But he is so much more than that. And if you want to get to know God, then you must learn his name because God does have a name, as we're going to read about in Exodus chapter 3. And so if you will, just turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. When we get to Exodus chapter 3, we find Moses, who is now tending sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro. And it's in this encounter with a burning bush in the desert that this man's life is drastically changed. Exodus chapter 3, if you will please hold this page. We're going to read numerous verses here throughout this, this message. So Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. As I have shared before, it's not uncommon in that part of the world for a dry bush just to burst into flame. It's a very hot part of the world, and and so it's not uncommon. What caught Moses' attention was that it was not being consumed by the flame. Surely, being out in that, that wilderness, in that desert, numerous times he had seen a bush burst into flame, but, but, but it was almost a spontaneous combustion type thing. It, it would just disintegrate before his eyes. But in this particular moment, it does not disintegrate. The bush is not being consumed by the flame. And so it gets his attention, and, and, and he, 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 he begins to look over at it. And it's from out of that bush that God begins to speak to him. Now Moses probably thought that he was on the backside of the desert tending to his father-in-law's sheep all alone, just like any other day. And the last thing that he was expecting was an encounter with deity. He was not expecting that. God didn't have to get on his phone and Google Maps search for Moses because God knew exactly where Moses was at, exactly the location. He he knew the longitude and latitude and, and right where he was at. And it's interesting to note that even though Moses at this moment does not know the name of God, God knew his name. So important for you to grab hold of that today is that God knew the name of Moses. We know this because he calls out to him out of that bush. He says, Moses, Moses, says it twice to him. And the beauty of God is that he knew you before you knew him. 
You know that, right? God knew you before you knew him. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even before you knew him, he knew you. He knew everything about you. Every hair on your head, every care that you have in your mind, God knew you before you knew him. No matter where you are, no matter where you are at in life, no matter who you are, God knows you and he knows your location. And for some of you, right now this needs to bring comfort to your soul because no matter what you're going through right now in life God knows exactly where you're at let's go down to verse 7 then the Lord said I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you. Church, when God invites you to participate in his plans, the task is always going to be too big for you to carry out. When God invites you to, to become part of his plan for whatever it is that, that, that he's moving you into, when he invites you there, it should always be bigger than what you can handle. If it's not bigger than what you can handle, it's probably not God's plan. I know this firsthand, and I know that when God called me to plant this church, Destiny Community Church, it, it was overwhelming. M many people thought that I was walking in confidence during that time. But you see, I've got this little quote that I live by, you fake it till you make it. And, and a lot of people thought, man, he, he, he's walking in a lot of confidence. He's got this thing figured out. What you didn't know is behind the scenes, my knees were trembling. What you didn't know is that my palms were sweaty. What, what you didn't know is that I, I did not know exactly what was going to happen. All I knew is that God had called me to do something bigger than what I could handle. Bigger than I was. And, and, and it was scary. And to be honest with you, once we moved to Newberry, it was just do or die. It really was because I had given up a great position and I would given up a great salary. And so I, I come to Newberry and, and now I'm in this moment of do or die. It's got to work or my family is going to starve. You, you understand what I'm talking about when I say do or die. It, 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 it was dire straits during that, that, that time in my life. I was scared to death, but God had invited me into his plan. And I was not capable of doing what he wanted me to do. And I have news for you. What God wants to continue to do through this church, I'm still not capable. I know that's not what you want to hear from your leader, but I am not capable of taking this to the next level. But I probably shouldn't be capable of taking this to the next level. Because if I can do it within my own strength and ability, then eventually it's going to crumble because the foundation will not be correct. 
I was not capable of doing what God wanted me to do, but he did not need me to be capable. He just needed me to be willing. And see, for some of you, God is calling you into something greater in life than you don't feel capable. You're like Moses. Who am I, God? Who am I? He doesn't need you capable. He just needs you to be willing. And what God was asking of Moses, what, what he wanted him to do, it was overwhelming for him. Because this was not going to be an easy task. It, it could even be a death sentence. I mean, you're going to go back into Egypt, a place that you fled. You're going to go back in there and you're going to confront the most powerful being in the known world, Pharaoh. You're going to confront him and say, let my people go. This could be a death sentence. And, and Moses knew that he was incapable, but God told Moses, he says, don't worry about who you are what's more important is who I am and you see that's where some of us need to get in life we need to get to that place to where we're not so concerned with who we are but we're more concerned with who he is because who God is, he is able to take a life that is broken and to put it back together again. A life that is lost and to put it on the right path. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, even with your finite life. Don't worry about who you are. What's more important, Moses, is who I am. If we could ever realize that God, and plus anybody else, is a powerful team. And it has nothing to do with anybody else. It has everything to do with God. God plus one equals success. Secret to success is having God part of that equation. It doesn't matter who God has teamed up with. When God invites you to be a part of his plan, if you accept that challenge, it will always equal success. Look at verse 13. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? This is one of the most audacious acts of humanity ever. Think about this. Moses just asked God, what is your name? That's what he just said to the supreme being of the universe. There is none greater. And he says, if I go to your people, he's not even talking about going up to Pharaoh. He's saying, if I go to your people, who do I tell them sent me? What, what is your name? What do you go by? See, from the beginning of humanity, God had always been referred to as Yahweh, which means most high God. It was a description of God, not a name of God. This description of God was so revered by the generations preceding Moses that they seldom even wrote it out completely. They would abbreviate it using only the consonants Y-H-W-H. We're not even sure if it's pronounced Yahweh because of the old, old, old manuscripts, but that's how they would write it out. Later, it became common for Jews to avoid saying the divine description of God of Yahweh for fear of misusing it and breaking the second commandment that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 11 that says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So they wouldn't even mention his name. They wouldn't say it. And whenever they would read Holy Scripture aloud and they would encounter that divine name or that description of God, of Yahweh, they would substitute another Hebrew word and they would use the word Adonai, which means Lord or my Lord in its place so that they would not have to say Yahweh. But Yahweh was just simply 
It was a description of God. It wasn't the name of God. And as far as we know, no one had ever dared to ask God his personal name. People ask me all the time, what do you like to be called? What do you want to be called? And I'll be honest. There are times when Pastor Rocky is appropriate. It's a sign of respect for a position that God has called me to. But I tell you, I don't like to be called bishop, even though I am one. I really don't like to be called bishop, Josh. Chili Bry. My dad's a bishop. So that makes me a son of a bishop. <laughs> but I don't like to be called bishop. I, uh, when Moses asked God what his name was, God was in no way obligated to answer Moses. You know that. God is not obligated to ever answer you. But without hesitation, he did. Listen to verse 13 again, reading through 15. It says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. In Hebrew, the word for I am is Haya. It sounds a lot like the karate chop or the word that you would use with a karate chop comes from deep within you and it is to exemplify the very breath of God. When God told Moses his personal name, the name that he likes to go by, God told him, just call me I am. That's strange. It's weird. It's not a name. But when God picks what name he wants Moses to refer to him by, he says, call me I am. Really? Your name is I am? I mean, you can just change a letter and you can be Ian. But really, I am? <laughs> Have you ever met someone and when you find out their name, it's like, are you kidding me? Is that, is that really your name? You know, like your, your spouse's uncle, you go to a family reunion, he happens to be six foot four, wears leather and rides a Harley, and, and you find out his name is Tiny, and you're like, what? Really? Tiny? That's the best you can come up with, and you're six foot four, and you're huge? Or, or, or like my friend, Bill Ratter, who's sitting right here. B Bill, you know, he has a son. I had an opportunity to eat dinner with him the other night, and his name is Bill also. And so Jennifer, his mom, calls him LB for little Bill. He's tall. He's taller than his dad now. He's not little Bill. And so you look at him, you're like, really? LB? I think, you know, no, 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 you don't want to call, call him that. You know, some... Some personal names at times, they just don't fit. God's name declares who he really is. When God said, the name I choose to go by, Moses, 
When you go and stand before my people, you tell them I am sent you. This is my name. And the name that I choose to go by, it describes me perfectly. Because I am as unchanging. I am as constant. I am as unending. I am as always present. And I am as always God. It encompasses everything that we know about our Savior. Everything we know about our God. God was telling Moses, I am the center of everything. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am Lord. I am the Savior. I am your portion. I am in control. I am your ever-present help in a time of need. I'm the rock that you run to. I am. Whatever you need in your life, that's what I am. Moses, throughout the scripture, God goes by many names, but none of them are as all-encompassing as I am. When you are feeling weak, God says, I am El Shaddai, which means Lord God Almighty. When you are sick, he says, I am Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord that heals. When you are lost in life, he says, I am Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord who is there. When you are in need, he says, I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. When your life is chaotic, God says, I am Jehovah Shalom which means the Lord is peace. Whoever or wherever you are, I am. I am. If your marriage is falling apart, it's a name above all names. I am. I'm there. I'm a healer. I'm peace. I'm understanding. If you lost your job, I am your provider. If you don't know direction, you don't know what the next step for your life is, I am your spiritual compass. Moses, whenever they ask about me, whatever their question is, you answer them with, I am. Somebody today, you really need to grab hold of that. Because you're going through life right now and, and, and you just don't know which way is up. You don't know how you're going to make it through tomorrow. You don't even know how you're going to get through today, much less make it to tomorrow. And the same God of Moses looks at you and says, just call me I am. Because I am whatever you need, whenever you need it. Every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. Father, I believe today that you are going to set some captives free in this room. When a human being finally had the courage to ask you, Lord, what do you go by? You said, I am. And if I am says that I am, then I am.
if I am says that I am healed then I am if I am says that I'm going to be okay in the end then I am if I am says that he will be my provider then I am provided for So God, speak to those right now who are struggling. Become I am to them right now in this moment. I am as a name, Lord, that is above every problem. It's above every situation in life. Thank you for being my I am. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.